From the PSIA AASI Shelter at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. And wow, have we got a guest for you today. Muffy Ritz is joining us from Ketchum, Idaho. Muffy, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks, George. I'm glad to be here. So, Muffy, you are one of the, if not the best athlete I know. You are amazing in cycling, skiing, and other sports. And uh, I know you can absorb a whole lot of pain. You're incredibly fit. And uh, I was shocked when I looked on your Facebook page and saw that you uh, you came down with COVID-19. I did come down with COVID-19. And um, I think I was in denial for the first week. And then I realized in the second week, uh-oh, this is bad. And it's getting worse. I think I have this COVID-19 and... Here we are at day 39, and I think I still am infected. <laughs> day 39. Day 39, yeah. So I, there's so many questions I have for you, but I think about being in quarantine or you know shelter at home. Uh, how do you even know when you can actually be around other people? Well... You know, maybe I'm not the best patient in the world. Um, I've been around a lot of people. and But the most, the people that I'm around the most, with six foot to ten foot distance, of course, is um, other sickies, you know, other people that have had the coronavirus. And in our little town, I know at least 40 people that have had it. And a lot of them are my friends. So we get together and we go for hikes and we have little picnics and we feel like we are immune from each other (laughs) so i don't feel like i'm quarantined at this point just because you're around other people that have it already yeah yeah we all and maybe we're wrong but we think that we feel like we're okay you know and we wear our face masks and we're six feet apart from each other but we're still kind of like having a little dinner party or a little picnic or I've been mountain biking with people, but I stay about 100 feet behind them um, because I don't want them to breathe on me and I don't want me to breathe on them. So it's not really like I've been shut up in my house. I've been getting out a lot. But very careful with any interactions with others. Oh, very careful. Yeah. I mean, I wear a mask all the time or a ski buff, you know. And I keep my distance and other people knowing that I have had it or had it, have it right now. If they see me coming towards them, they back off because they know I'm, I'm one of them, you know? So uh, that's actually something I want to get into one of them. Uh, But before we go there, you're in a small town and how about testing? I mean, I saw in the article that was written about you that you never were able to actually get the COVID test, although you have been tested lately and found out that, yes, you did have it. Yeah. Um, right around day seven, um, I decided I think I'm going to come out of denial and decide, yes, I better go get tested. I might have this. So they refused me because my uh, symptoms weren't dire enough. I I didn't have a big fever and I wasn't gasping for air. And in our little town, we have so many cases. Right now, probably over a 1,000. 
and about 500 documented. Um, they needed to save those tests for the people that were more serious than me. So then I went in on the second week, uh, day 15, I think, and they still refused me, even though now I'd had headaches and I'd been throwing up and um, no taste and no smell, and I had the chills, and I'd been in contact with people, but they still wouldn't test me. Finally, now, five weeks in, I got an antibody test, and it came back last night showing me that I was positive for having had the coronavirus because of the antibodies that they're called IgM antibodies. I still have coronavirus in me. And then the IgG antibodies that I have are the ones that are the immunity ones that I'm building up against the virus. So I have a little war going on inside my body, I think. <laughs> now, I'm, let's talk about the first seven days when you were saying you were in denial. Um, you know, we've been injured a lot. You and I've ridden across the country three times. I've fast mm -hmm. as nine days, as slow as 22, 24. We've ridden from Mexico to Oregon. Um, <laughs> yeah. You get hurt. You feel some pain or whatever. You don't, you don't, you just shrug it off. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same with feeling sick. You, it's like, you know what? I can either stay home or I can go to work and be sick there and still get a paycheck. But I mean, how with this going on and what was it about this that finally made you decide I need to go to the doctor? Well, let's see. My first day of symptoms was March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, and I woke up really tired, like this deep bone tired it's hard to even explain it and i couldn't taste or smell and then all of a sudden i threw up and i had diarrhea <laughs> and i'm like whoa that's kind of a kind of a rough day but i still kept you know the next day i hiked up well, our ski mountain baldy yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> so i hiked up the mountain felt really bad hiking up the mountain skied down in powder that was nice and then the next two days I went Nordic skiing, still no taste and smell, still really tired. But I just didn't think that was coronavirus because they kept saying you have to have a fever and have trouble breathing and a dry cough. I didn't have any of those. So I just said, nope, I don't have it. Then finally, on day seven, I was really awful, feeling awful. And I thought, I better go get tested. I really do think I have it. And they started coming out with the symptom of no taste and smell being a coronavirus symptom. And I went, well, then I've got it. There's no question. I haven't tasted or smelled for eight days. So I think I have it. <laughs> so that was the first week. And then once you got to that point, I mean, this to me seems like it would be so frustrating you get injured or you have a surgery, you can do rehab and really focus on getting better and improving and coming back from it. You've got something that we really don't know that much about. You've had it now for 39 days. And I mean, at what point do you feel like I can really do something to overcome this? Well, yeah, you, you hit on it. Um, every day I had the coronavirus or COVID-19, I had no idea what was going to be what the next day was going to be like um everybody has different symptoms and this virus is really fickle it treats everybody differently so uh 
going along, you know, some days were a little better than others. And, um, day 15 was my absolute worst day. And I can tell you about that later, but, um, you know, you just, it's one big question mark. That's why they call it the novel coronavirus. And even the doctors and the nurses and all the big health officials, they don't know. They don't know what's going on because they've never had to experience it before. So, Well, i got to hear about day 15. Okay, all right. Day 15, I led you right into it. So I'm starting to feel pretty good now, right? So day 15, they say around day 14, you're really shedding the virus, they say, and you're getting rid of it. You're probably not very, um, uh, you're not going to be giving it to people and not spreading it. So on day 15, I woke up with this migraine type headache. And right when I woke up, I threw up. I mean, just immediately. And I went, oh boy, that's, that's going to be a good day. Uh huh. So I actually went walking with a friend and I had a, had a, she, she was a sick friend too, one of my sickies. And, um, so we felt like we could walk together and my head hurt. When I came home in the afternoon, I laid on the couch because my head was so bad. And then about every 10 minutes, I had to run upstairs to throw up. And then I'd come back downstairs and lay on the couch and then run back upstairs and throw up about four or five times. And the headache didn't go away. And finally, I just laid down in my bed and was exhausted and fell fast asleep at like 5 o'clock. And then right at 5.52 p.m., on March, I think it was March 30th, we had an earthquake, the second biggest earthquake in the state of Idaho. And it woke me up and I felt like I was on a massage bed and my lamps were just shaking and my dog was looking at me worried on the bed and I realized, wow, we've just had a major earthquake. Um, so that was all within about two hours at the end of the day. So that's why that day was a little bit uh, messed up. So, I mean, you were actually feeling much better after two weeks and then yeah. boom. Mm-hmm. And then and wh- starting the third week, I just had this huge downfall with the headache and the throwing up. And But then the next day, I swear to God, I must have thrown up the coronavirus or something because the next day I started feeling better and then the next day better. And then I have just gotten better and better and better every day since about day 16 or something like that. But you yeah. still, so how are you feeling now at day 39? Well, I would say I like, I have all my energy back um, or most of it, I would say. And I lost nine pounds in the process in those two weeks, two and a half weeks. And so I, most of that was muscle because I was literally on the couch for two weeks. And um, so my energy was coming back, but I was really weak. And my taste and smell were still gone, and they still are gone. But I just felt like I was I wasn't in the grips of this monster anymore and I didn't have these weird sensations anymore that I had for the two and a half weeks prior to that and I actually woke up feeling like I'd just come out of jail or I'd left the twilight zone and re-entered the real world and that almost happened overnight and I've felt pretty good ever since so I'm I think I'm okay now 
<laughs> I gotta know your biggest fantasy after over a month of no taste and smell. Mm. Well, I think, and what I said in this, this girl interviewed me, and I, I think I said a huge um, cheeseburger with lettuce, pickles, tomatoes, onions, mustard, mayonnaise, um, on a sesame seed bun. Um, <laughs> probably something like that, or a stir fry, a, like some sort of uh, chicken or beef stir fry, or pesto noodles. You know, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just looking for something that's comforting and healthy. Oh, hamburger isn't that healthy, but, um, and also I really want to taste my coffee in the morning because I'm a big coffee drinker. And right now I get up in the morning and I'm like, nope, can't taste it. So sometimes I just drink hot water and I would not know the difference between coffee and hot water. So, um, you know, I save a little money that way. <laughs> <laughs> what I noticed in your uh, burger description or even thinking of the stir fry is you named a whole lot of different flavors on that burger. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's really strange. Like when you eat your dinner tonight, George, just plug your nose so you can still taste salty, sweet, sour, bitter. Those are your taste buds. But you cannot taste the flavor of the food with your nose pinched. And um, just try eating a bite or two tonight at dinner. And that's what I have. And you just kind of look at food as like, well, I guess it's just something I have to put down so I survive. But, you know, it's not very exciting. And if I had my eyes closed, I would have no clue what I was eating on any given day. Just wouldn't have a clue, uh, unless it was the texture that I recognize. You know, like eating an orange, I think I would know that over eating oatmeal. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to go back to that word you said early on, which was them. Do you feel a stigma with this? Um, I do. But here's the thing. There's so many of us in our little town that are... It got the COVID-19 um, that were pretty common um, around the town. But I still feel that people have read this article that was written about me and they sort of see me and they make sure they move away, that they're at least six to 10 feet away from me because they know that I had it. And I keep saying, well, I'm on day 39, you know, I feel pretty good, but they're still a little bit wary. And actually the truth of the matter is, I should be maybe wary of them. Um, even though I have the antibodies, they could be carriers, and I certainly don't want to get this thing again. So I think we're all a little wary of each other at this point. Um, people are really trying to stay away. And that's it's a strange phenomenon because I, I like people. I like to hug people when I see them and shake their hand and whatever you know, and joke around with them. You can't do any of that anymore. It's, it's different. And I like what you just said, joke. Um, you know, like, again, with an injury or after a surgery, we joke about it. it mm-hmm. I don't really know any other way to, to handle getting hit by a deer on my bike or whatever it was. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> you know, you make fun of it because some one way or another, you've got to move on. With this, mm-hmm. it, I see jokes in me and it's like, it, it, I'm not seeing the humor these days. Mm. You know, 
it's funny because I, I still am really laughing hard at a lot of these jokes. And I know I shouldn't be because people are dying. And But there has to be humor in your life, too. It can't, even though this is horrible, people are dying, people are out of work, people are not able to eat, there is humor. And, you know, I don't laugh out loud hard in front of a group or something like that. But I'm at home with my little computer, and I read these jokes, and I just start cracking up. And um, I kind of don't want to share that too much, but it is funny. And if you don't have humor in your life, you're gonna be you're gonna be a sour person, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I guess then, in my opinion, you've earned you've earned the right to laugh at it. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and in that story I gave you, I. There is a, I might have to send it to you online, uh, one of my favorites that I got even before I was infected, or maybe it was in the first couple days, but it's called Chinese Solutions to the Coronavirus. And that was the very first time I laughed, and I laughed for a week about that one. So I'll send it to you and see if you can laugh with me. Okay, I'll read it w yeah. with you yeah. on the phone when I get yeah. it. <laughs> So mm -hmm. anything you have to say to folks who haven't contracted coronavirus or anything uh, mm -hmm. you would say to those who have? Well, for those who haven't contracted it, I would say don't let your guard down at all because I think there's going to be a second wave coming. Everybody's saying that maybe in the fall when the temperatures cool down um, and people are not they don't have their guard up. They're not wearing their masks or their gloves, and they're probably getting closer to each other. Um, and even now, it's easy to just think, oh, I'm sick of this, but you can't. You've, it's like doing Race Across America. You just can't quit at the Mississippi River. You've still got to go through Memphis and wherever and Chattanooga and get to Savannah or wherever you're going. So this is this, they always say this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. So don't let your guard down. That would be the uh, people that haven't had it. And those that have had it, don't assume you're immune. And um, I just got antibody tested, and it showed that I have those antibodies. But that doesn't mean I can go out and, you know, be normal. Um, who knows? The antibodies might last five days maybe they'll last five years i don't know but this is the novel coronavirus so nobody knows anything um it's a fickle virus everything is different so nothing can be taken for granted here well muffy i sure appreciate you uh sharing some personal stuff with us and taking the time to chat with us today no problem george it's always easy to talk about myself <laughs> <laughs> Muffy Ritz joining us on First Chair from the Shelter at Home Studios, PSI, AASI. I'm George Thomas.